the nations cry out, there's no one in heaven like you. When you move, the seasons change when you laugh. The kingdoms shake when you go. All the earth will sigh out, there's no one in heaven.
But before we do that, and we're going to ask you to help us, I want to introduce Mary Kilby. Mary has a vision of starting a ministry in our county, and I ask her to come share the vision of that because I believe somebody may want to jump in, be a part of it. And uh, I just wanted her to give us the scoop of what God's doing in her life, and then Kim will follow her. Welcome, Mary Kilby. Give her a hand. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> this is great. Uh, I love praise and worship. I love Jesus Christ. I love that he's my Lord and Savior. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I want to share with you just a little bit about me so you'll know why God has called me to do Safe Haven of Wilkes, which is the name of the home that we're going to open. Um, I came from a broken home. My dad and mom separated when I was seven years old. So I know what it is to be broken, to uh, not have someone to love you, and, and to know that... Um, not, and not feel worthy. I know that's hard for me to say right now because I know who I am in Christ, but there was a time in my life that I was not, I did not feel good about myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know anything. I just struggled and I existed from day to day and it was a miserable life. And that's why I'm so thankful for the change that God has made in my life. And I'm so thankful that, one, that I am honored to be able, that he's called me to do this. This home is such a need in Wilkes County. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the home. Um, God took me to the pregnancy center in 2003, and I did some volunteer work and um, had no idea that that's where he wanted me to go, but it was. And then um, he had a plan. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he has a plan? We just have to be, we just have to be humble and, and, and be obedient and be willing to do what he wants us to do. And um, I love that about God. I mean, it just flows when you give in to him and you surrender. It's just, he just takes it and he goes with it. And he opens up so many doors that I couldn't even dream of opening. But um, when I was at the pregnancy center, I saw a lot of girls such a need that they were suffering and they were so hurt and they had no one to care for them and no one to help them and god taught me a lot during that time like i said i was there for 12 years and god taught me to love these girls the way he loves them now i don't know about you that's not an easy thing to do um, it wasn't for me because i really was learning about the love of god at that time and learning who i was so evidently God knew what, oh, I know God knows what he was doing, I didn't, but I love the fact that what he did in my life was gave me such love and compassion for these girls that I wanted to do more for them. I just didn't know what it was. Well, God gave me a dream when I was 15 years old, and I'll never forget it because he showed me this big, big two-story house, and I always had a desire down deep inside of me to help other girls that was less fortunate like I was. And Girls just came from all over, and they had a safe place to come. They had food on the table, a bed to sleep in. You'll be amazed that these girls don't have that. You think they do, but they do not. Most of these girls, either their dad's not in their life, they don't know who their dad are, is, and a lot of times the moms don't know how to raise them any better because they wasn't raised any better. You understand what I'm saying? It's a vicious cycle that God wants broken, and I am so thankful 
that he chose me to help to do that. I want to come alongside these girls. I want to be able to teach them the basics. I want to teach them life skills. I want to teach them everything that, that God wants me to teach them. But most of all, I want them to know the love of Jesus Christ and that he's who they're seeking and he's the only one that can fulfill them. And he has a plan and a purpose for their life, just like he did with me. And he has the same plan and purpose. He has a plan and purpose for your life, too. And I love that. I just love it. Uh, the peace and the love and the joy from coming to knowing Jesus, there's nothing compares to it, that David said. It's just so awesome to be here today and, and to honor God and to praise him. I praise him all the time. That's all I want to do because I am in love with him. And when you're in love with somebody, you're going to talk about them. You're going to praise them. You're going to do everything. I mean, I mean, that's who I am. I am his. And, and I love the fact that when you surrender, and you have to surrender, <laughs> that is a key, then you have untied his hands so he can do what he wants to in your life and what he had planned all along, and I love that. We, I do have a brochure that uh, is out in the lobby. Pastor David can tell you. They're right here. Oh, they're right here on this table. And these are for you to pick up, so you'll be able to look at this and kind of see what we are about. We do want to, uh, we don't have a home yet. I do need to share that with you. I have looked and looked and looked, but God has closed that door. So I think, I know the reason is because he's still preparing me. He's, there's so many things he's teaching me that I'm learning. That, and, and patience is one of them. That's not my virtue. I mean, I am not, I wasn't a patient person. And, uh, but he's teaching me. His timing's not my timing. And I love that because in the process, I'm at peace and I can just learn and grow. And he's a great teacher. And I love that about God because I'm willing to learn. I don't think you're ever too old to learn. I don't. I mean, it's just awesome. Because now I'm really beginning to bear fruit. <laughs> fruit of the spirits. I am beginning to bear that because of who I am in Christ. And I love it. I just love it. And uh, we do have our 501c3, just so you know, it's tax exempt. We are a nonprofit organization. We also um, have the home incorporated. So you'll know that. I do have family and friends that is partnering already with us. Thank God that uh, they believe in what we're doing. And we have, re we have received some grants. Yay, he taught me how to do that too. <laughs> it's awesome to follow him. He's just so awesome. And he's teaching me so much. And I want to share this with these girls. I want you to be a part of it because this is what we do in, in here. I mean, in, on earth is to build his kingdom. That's what it's all about is building his kingdom and walking alongside these girls and let them know that they are loved and that Jesus loves them so much that he gave his life for them. And that's the purpose of Safe Haven is for them to have a second chance and for the, the cycle, which is it's a cycle, to be broken. God wants that broken. I want it broken. Us as Christians should want that broken. It's poverty. It's, it's not God. That's not God. That's not who he is. Who is God? You think about that. These girls don't even know who God is. I think everybody knows who's a creator. Look around. But do you personally know him, who he is, 
And this is my desire for these girls. I want them to fall head over heels in love with Jesus Christ and that their life will be changed upside down, like they were singing the song, flip upside down, I like to say, because when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, he just flipped, 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 and my life changed. <laughs> my life changed forevermore, and, and I'll never, ever, ever want to go back. Why should I? He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's everything to me, and I love him with all my heart. I thank you for letting me come today. I know you're probably going to have some questions, so I will hang around just in case you want to talk to me and just in case you want to know more about Safe Haven. Um, we, are, we do need volunteers. We do need uh, partners, and we do need certain items for the home because we're starting from the bottom, and... Uh, but, you know, I'm okay with that because you know why? God's in control. He knows exactly the need that we need. He's already bringing things in that, that I have a, a place to store. It's all him. He's doing it. And I just love it because I'm sitting back and just walking with him and flowing with him and letting him do it. And I just can sit back and love him and praise him. And I love that. I love that because that's what he wants. He wants to carry us. He wants to be with us and walk with us hand in hand. And the whole purpose of the home is to show Jesus Christ. We do want to have praise and worship. We do want to have Bible study. We are going to have these things and to teach these girls how to survive. I mean, I want them to learn how to be self-sufficient. That's what my desire. And God does too. God wants that more than I do. And so there again, I thank you so much for letting me come today. And like I said, if you have any questions, you can talk to me afterwards. My number is on the back of this, this pamphlet. If you want to call, I'll be happy to talk with you. If you want to volunteer, if you want to do anything as far as helping with Safe Haven, I would love for you to. Just pray about it. Let the Lord lead and guide you. And I honor him with all my heart. And I love him with everything that's in me. Because of him, I can do this. And because of him, he chose me to do it. And he's preparing me to do it, enabling me to do it. Within myself, I can't. It's too big of an undertaking. Without him, I can do nothing. But through him, all things are possible. And I hang on to that, and I believe that with all my heart. And I trust him so much, I would lay down my life for him. I would. Thank you. Amen. If you go somewhere from around here, we're going to send you. We don't want you to went. We want you to be sent. And uh, great fruit. Well, what an amazing time this morning. I'm just, uh, I'm overwhelmed. Friday, how many of you were here Friday night? We just had a, we just called a last minute meeting. And I'll tell you how that happened. Is I met with Etienne uh, last Monday morning before he left. He was going to Australia and his team was going back to South Africa and Etienne was saying, man, I want to bring the fire that's here to South Africa. I want to bring the fire that's here. And he was saying, you guys should meet all the time, every night. And he said, tell the people to believe. So I'm telling you, believe. But what Etienne doesn't know, and he didn't know, he just showed up here. That fire's here all the time. I mean, we, we're not going to let it go out. Some of us show up, and you can come too on Monday mornings. We pray. Monday morning, 7 o'clock, we're asking for fresh fire. Stir the fire. 
God is the fire, but the priests were responsible to keep it burning. They had to go to the altar and stir the coals. It's the Lord that's the fire, and he's the one ultimately. But we have to do our part. And, uh, but anyway, that's pretty cool. Somebody comes here and wants to take what's here, there. So let him take it to South Africa, God. And all these countries in the name of Jesus. Some of you are going to go to these countries. Get your passport. What are you waiting on? You got yours, right? All right, we want to go. We want to send you. We got to go quickly. We don't have a lot of time. I don't know how much time we got. But we just got to be going, doing the will of the Father. Occupy till he comes. When he shows up, whatever happens, we want to be running the race. Okay? We want to be doing it. Because that's, that's, that's where the reward will be. But anyway, it was an incredible time Friday night. So we want to do it every Friday. You know, there may be a time we may host his presence for the nations. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Okay, that's all. I don't know. I'm just telling you. And uh, we'll have to all go to work. It'll be a work. It'll be work. You know, I mean, you know, every night, could you imagine? I don't know how that's going to unfold. But I, I just want to live in that state where the Lord is present all the time. When you get to your house, welcome him into your house again. Some of you may have to throw some things out that's been grieving him from coming into your house. You know, just ask the Lord, is there anything in this house that grieves you? And if so, chunk it. Amen? We want to we wanna see his glory. So anyway, we invite you to come every Friday at 7 o'clock. There's no really agenda. The, the agenda is to honor the Lord's presence. That's it. There was such freedom here Friday night. You know, you don't have to do anything. You just, you just honor. God, we honor you. And I'm telling you, he's in our midst. And so you run, you call upon him while he's near. There are seasons where you wonder where he is. Then there are seasons where he's near, right? You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When he's near, it's the time to run after him. And uh, give it all you got, man. Pursue him. And if you want to, jump up and down and be silly, we can handle that stuff. It'll be all right. I'm telling you, I, that's what I want to talk real quickly about. I want to get ready for what God's doing. But I wanted to review really fast. Actually, that's why I'm reviewing, because I did it fast two weeks ago. I went too fast, Shirley said. No one could understand what you're saying. And it was one of the most basic messages I think I've ever preached. So I just want to give you a quick, quick review and uh, it'll still be fast, but I want to give you a review. And then I want to share some things about this time because we want to be rooted and grounded in the word. And we want to also be loosed and free in the spirit. And, uh, you know, we've said this before. You guys remembered. If you haven't, you may want to remember this one. It's worth remembering. But if you have all spirit... No, 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 no. Let's start the other way. If you have all word and none of the spirit, what do you do? You dry up. If you have all spirit and none of the word, what do you do? You blow up. You do. You blow up. You don't have you just, you know. But if you have the word and the spirit, what do you do? You grow up. I'm telling you, this move of God that's coming that is, has begun. It's going to be rooted in the scripture, in the word, and it's going to be rooted 
in being loosed, the Holy Spirit will have incredible freedom. But we talked about how we need to, be, as disciples, number one, love the word. And we prayed for everybody that was here two Sundays ago, remember? How many of you have been burning? Is, have you noticed any difference in your reading the word lately? Okay, we gotta keep that fire stirred up. Some of you, I know Shirley has been reading the word and she tells me stuff she finds in the word all the time. And God's just set her on fire. So we wanna love the word. We wanna meditate. Do you know how to be successful in this life? Meditate upon the word of God. Day and night, the scripture says. That's in Joshua. Meditate and you'll find success. You'll prosper. And then memorize. I mean, if you know you should memorize the word, can I tell you there will come a day either you will regret or you will rejoice in that you have memorized God's word. It's coming in America very soon, and that's why we need to commit it to memory. David said, thy word have I forgotten all about. No, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin. And then we, we want to study the word. You know the scripture says to show yourself. 2 Timothy 2.15. How many of you know that scripture? Be diligent to present yourself. What? Approved of God, a worker that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know the greatest degree you will ever learn, earn in this life? You know what it is? I got, I got those degrees. I got a master's, bachelor's. I came this close to my doctor's. All this stuff. I got all that stuff, man. The greatest degree is the AG degree. What is that? Approved of God. If you're approved of God, that's all that matters. All the other degrees don't matter, I'm telling you. And then you want to speak the word. You guys, listen, start speaking over your neighborhoods. Don't settle for anyone going to hell where you live. Start speaking. God, it's your will that none of these people shall perish. I've been challenged to this because where we live, I'm just going to be honest, folks throw stuff out all the time in front of our house. I can't pick it up. The next day I, tell, I used to complain, didn't I? And she said, don't complain. I pick up their beer bottles, and sometimes inside of me I say, God, why do they throw out every I just picked this same beer bottle up yesterday. It's like they, they found, dug it out of the can and threw it back. You know what I mean? And there's one guy that drinks these little West, turkey whiskey things. Every day I find those little turkey whiskey bottles. I don't even know what they are. Honey whiskey or something. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, why don't you start praying for these people? Why don't you pray for that guy that's stuck on that honey whiskey, that he be set free? So every time I find a bottle, I'm going to pray, God, that guy that threw this out, get him. No, don't get him. No, get him. God, break that darkness over this guy's life. Who? Maybe a girl. I don't know. But Lord, this guy that threw that bud... They make cans now, gigantic cans. Back when I was in college, you know, they had little cans. Now they're gigantic. But anyway, you, you fill up your garbage can with other people's garbage. I'm not complaining. God, start praying for your neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Use every opportunity. Now I'm picking them up. God, touch this person. They, I, I claim them. I break that alcohol addiction in the name of Jesus off them. And then, but you know, we got to speak the word. So start speaking it and then read the word. Most Americans claim to believe they don't read it. We're not going to be a congregation that does not read God's word. If we find you're not reading God's word, you've had it. I'm telling you. 
you got to read. Man, just read the Bible. It's simple. It's discipleship 101. It's those who do the fundamentals correctly are those who will excel in their sport, right? And we talked about that. So reading the word, praying, doing the basics of discipleship, and God will entrust much, much more to you. And then we talked about how to read the word. Number one, read it consistently. He said, if, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. Not only does it set you free, the truth keeps you free. So if you get outside of the truth, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find you're not as free as you were. And uh, the truth keeps you free. Live in the word. Continue in it. Hold fast. Dwell in it. That's what it means to be consistent. Remember, it is our, how much? Weekly, yearly, or daily bread. Daily bread. I know it's simple, but we got to do the simple things. And then read it habitually. The greatest habit you'll ever form is reading God's word. Man, it's just, it is, the, it is a great, how many of you know it's a habit? It's the best habit you could form. Just read the Bible. You, you, it's a habit. That's a good habit. Now, some habits aren't, but that was a good one. And then read it systematically. Don't just pick it up and say, well, let me see what it says. You may get to that point that says, go and, or he went out and hung himself. You know that one scripture about Judas? Don't, you can do that, and God will give you grace at times. But it's okay just to read a chapter or two every day. Be systematic about it. Consistent and systematic. And you know what's really neat. How many of you found this out? If you skip the Bible for a few days and you go back and you pick up where you left off, it's like you never skipped anything. It's like God speaks to you exactly what you read that day. How many of you have seen that, known that? He must be God, and he is. He's a big God. He can order those things. And then read it with passion, hunger, hunger and thirst. Read it expectantly, not as an obligation, but God, I thank you. We shared this Friday night. You know the scripture, Hebrews eleven six. I think? It says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Remember that? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. I saw that in a different way. In fact, someone shared that years ago, and I've never forgotten it. You know, we look at that. He that comes to God must believe. Almost like a work. Like, you better believe, man, or you're dead meat. You know, you must what if it means something different? What if it meant, hey, those that come to God must believe that he is. They must believe. They wouldn't come to him, so they must believe. You know, does that make sense? And so I'm telling you, there's something about that. You're here this morning. You must believe. You must. You wouldn't have showed up. You could have stayed in bed. You could have done something else. So you must believe. So now we want to be those that diligently seek after him. And there are going to be great rewards. And then read it purposely. Read it with purpose. And we gave a bunch of uh, things. When you read the word, you know, is there something new that uh, God's speaking to me about? Something I need to obey. Maybe something I disobeyed. I need to repent. What is God saying to me personally about this day, strategy? What new strategy of the devil? You know, there's all kinds of questions. Now, I wanted to do that because in the remaining time, Ezra chapter 9 and verse 8, listen to this verse. And now for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord to leave us a remnant to escape. 
and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we were slaves, yet God did not forsake us in our bondage, but extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to revive us. Say revive us. To repair the house of God. Say to repair. And then to rebuild its ruins. Say rebuild. You see, we want revival. We want a great awakening. But we want restoration of all things. We want to rebuild what has been torn down. We want to see our God reigning all over the earth. I don't know how it all fits. There's many scriptures that say, you know, he's, he's not coming back until every enemy is under his feet. That's true. There's others that say you don't know the hour or the moment he's going to split the eastern sky. That's true. I believe it all. All I know is we got to... We gotta get ready to occupy. We gotta get ready to do the will of God. He's coming back for those who are doing his will. Not those that heard about his will. Not those that want someone else to do his will. They did the will of the Father. Does that make sense? So we wanna be about it. Now, John Wesley, I like John Wesley. He said this, he said, Lord, send revival without any defects. But if this is not possible, sin, revival, defects, and all. And that's my prayer. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. I read where Jonathan Edwards, you know, in the Great Awakening, he was deeply concerned about some of the excesses. He said there are two groups. He said there's the, in fact, you know where he spoke this message at? Yale University. Used to could go on our campuses and preach the gospel. We just, in the name of Jesus, we prophesy the day is coming back where you can go to Yale University and Harvard and Southern Cal and the University of Notre Dame and preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. Let's just believe that. But anyway, he was preaching at Yale on the distinguishing marks of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jonathan Edwards, great revivalist, he also was a theologian, but he talked about those extremist you know, that were maybe a little bit unbalanced. And then he said they were the traditionalists. They, they were called the old lights, the anti-revivalists, or the old school, or the regular. I thought, regulars? We don't want to be regular. Think about it. America doesn't need regular. We don't need normal. We need a little bit of the extreme, to be honest with you. And then we'll figure it out. But you got to have both. you got to have a foundation. And then you can test the spirits to see if they are of God or not. Somebody, I think it was Lori, sent me an article on Chari by Charisma, or it was in Charisma, that in this move of God, there will be all kinds of, how did they say, false revivalists. False revivalists. They ain't coming in here. I'm telling you, they are not welcome here. We're going to be rooted on the word, and we're going to be free in the spirit. Both. But the problem is, you know, you think about it. It was the commandments of men of which Jesus got the most upset. And that's what it was. The commandments of God does not grieve the Holy Spirit. It doesn't. You can preach the word. You can live in the word. You're not going to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the word are in agreement. Now, look with me real quick. You guys going to listen fast? I'm going to shift it into third gear, but go into Hebrews chapter 2. you got to see this. i, I got to plant something that's very important. Hebrews, last week, 
Hebrews chapter 1, Etienne just preached the whole chapter. You remember that? He read all of chapter 1 through verse 1 through verse 14. So let's pick up. Wait a minute. i got to share one thing. Look in verse 14. He talks about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? There's a guy, a friend of mine. To me, he's kind of like Bob Jones was to Rick and some of those guys. And we knew Bob. Bob influenced all our lives. But this guy, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he sends me dreams and visions and, and just words. And he's often, it's just like, it's what I'm thinking about at the moment or something. It's just so timely. He sent me a word. He's had a dream this week. And he said, David, I had this dream, and I was standing like in outer space looking at the earth, and all of a sudden all these stars started falling to the earth. Quote, angels. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was watching these stars fall to the earth. And he said, that during and around the time of Jesus' birth, there were more angels, more angelic activity on the earth than at any other time in history, except now. Until now, that's what he said. And then he looked up and he said, there were so many stars, they just filled the sky, blocked out the darkness of space. There were so many angels. Now, I bore witness with that. You say, well, how do you prove that? I can't prove it. I can just tell you. It sounds, it doesn't conflict with Scripture. Listen, we want you to be free. Not everything is in the Bible. It's like, you know, you know you're going to get a wife. I knew I was going to get a wife. I just didn't know her name. No, wait, I take that back. I did know your name. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. I knew that. It was in there. It was in there. But you know, there's some things that are not defined. The key is, does it violate Scripture? Does it oppose the Scripture? That vision does not oppose Scripture. It supports it. And I'm telling you, there's more angelic activity on the earth than I believe at any time in all of history. And they're getting ready for this incredible time of harvest. I hope you're getting ready. Because they're going to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Now, verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, say therefore. And here it is. We must give the earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard it. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now I'm telling you, there's been a lot of stuff happen just over the last couple of weeks. I've been, I've been, I got a new journal to write in. I'm calling it, the Journal of Revival. That's what I'm calling it. I put it in there. It began. It began. And I'm, and I'm trying to log all these things that are happening that are blowing me away. Are you guys, can I just be honest, real with you? Last week, was it, I don't know, what night was it? Saturday, Friday, I don't know. But everybody, you know, people around the altar, man, it was just a wonderful time. God was ministering to people. There was a Spanish guy right here. He had a hat on. How many of you remember? He was on fire. 
he was just like leaping and just spinning and leaping and on fire. He just wouldn't slow down. He couldn't speak English. And uh, Shirley and I were standing here. I didn't, this guy may blow up and I don't know what he's going to do. You know, <laughs> you know, he might spill out all over. I don't know. But anyway, I was standing by him. I wasn't offended. I thought, this is incredible. This guy's on fire. I want some of this fire. And all of a sudden, he calls his wife, come, come. Or however you say it. How do you say Spanish? Come. Como. Right? Como. I don't know. El Dumo. I don't know what it is. But anyway, he calls his wife. And he looks at me and he starts pointing. He says, God. And his wife says, he's got a word for you. So I'm listening. I'm all ears. He says, God has been speaking to you. God has been speaking to you. God has been speaking to you. And then he told me stuff about this place and about the days to come. I don't want to tell you all of it because I want it to happen, and then I'll tell you what he said, but I'm just telling you. If what that guy said, if that was a prophetic word, I logged it in that journal. And if what he said, if just this much of what he said, you better get ready. You better, listen, we're in for the ride of our lives. Our God is about to do things that are going to shake this nation. I'm going to turn this thing upside down. The devil is not going to get all the glory in this hour. He's not going to get the final shout on the earth. Our God is going to get the final shout on the earth. America, America, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to show this nation one more time who our God is. But anyway, there's prophecies, there are promises been a lot of prayer. We've been praying for four years now for revival. And then, I don't know how much to tell you about this, but a couple people said they saw Jesus walk in here a few weeks ago. That'll mess everything up. That changes everything. They used to prophesy, they said, that Jesus would literally walk in in the last days into the midst of congregations. And now I've been looking for when everybody sees him. But they were the mouth of two witnesses that shall be established. And these two people were on, as far as I know, different sides of the aisle or whatever. But I'm just telling you, he's here. He's here. I woke up this morning saying, God, my greatest, don't leave. That's what I'm, you know. Don't let us grieve you. Don't let, and I felt like the Lord said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about grieving me. Just honor me. Because, you know, that's in my God. I don't do anything. I don't want to do anything to mess it up, Lord. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy. Enjoy while he's near. And I, let me tell you what this day is. You know what this day, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to skip some of this stuff because it's just blowing me away. I'm telling you what the Lord's doing right now. We're, we're having a great time. Anybody having a good time? You should have a good time. If you're walking around all burdened, depressed, heavy laden, you got something ain't happening right. You're supposed to cast those cares on him. That's humility. But anyway, just be earnest. You know what the word earnest, I'm going to look at these verses in verse 1 of chapter 2. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. Earnest means not casual, not in one ear and out the other. Don't take it lightly, but to a superabundant degree, you know, go for it, basically. It's earnest. Give it your earnest effort. Everything. And then take heed. That means to hold to mind. Pay attention. Apply yourself. I believe that's what God is saying right now. 
He's saying, to much is given, more will be given. To those that hear, they'll hear more in an abundance. We'll come back and look at Mark chapter 4 later. I'm going to skip that. But the supernatural will come when we do our part in running after him. Look what he says. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Do you know that there will come a time, the things that God has spoken to you, if you refuse to walk in it, that eventually it it might as well have drifted away because it will be gone forever. How many of you know that? There's some things that that you don't get a second chance. He is a God of a second chance. He is, but there's some things that God opens the door. It's a moment in in time that God has created, and he puts you in that place. And if you don't go through that door, God will raise somebody else to go up through that door. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. But remember Esther. Esther, okay, you don't, you know, remember you don't have to do this. You've been caught in the kingdom. But God will raise somebody else up. But God's going to have a people, and he's going to have a people right now. He's looking for those that are willing to walk in the door, run after him, do the will of God. This is not about going to church. We, are not, we can't go back there. It's not about just listening to me, listening to anyone. This is about just coming here, encouraging one another, praying together, building one another up, kicking one another in the rear sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes you need a good kick in the rear, don't you? You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? You know, hey, just wake up, man. Get out of there. Don't do that. You know what I'm talking about? You got to be a little tough and then go back out and do the will of God. Raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, preach the gospel to the poor. Man, this revival is going to break. I'm telling you, the devil is wanting to fight it tooth and nail. He's not going to win. I know a, lar- a large part of the, how do, maybe I can get there, a large part of the church in America is going to resist him just like they always have. And I ain't going to that church, I'm just telling you. I'm not going there. But anyway, I I don't know how to get all this in. Look at Luke chapter 19. You gotta see this, this is where we are. Say Luke 19, verse 44. 44 means a lot to me. And it means a lot, this verse means a lot to me. In fact, let's just read in verse 41, and then we'll get to verse 44. You need to see the context. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city, and he wept over it. I have a feeling right now the Lord's weeping over America because he sees what's happening. He sees our freedoms one by one being taken, stripped. He sees evil men in high places dictating the decrees of men. Nobody's calling on God. Where are these leaders that are calling on God? I know Franklin Graham is one of them. He's going to all the state capitals. I think he's already been to Raleigh. I I don't know if he, maybe he hasn't. But he just was in Columbia, South Carolina. They had over 7,000 people show up to pray and seek God. There are leaders that are doing that. But I believe he's weeping over our nation right now. He's looking for people that will rise up. And then he said, if you had known... Even you, especially in your day, the things that would make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment all around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you 
and your children within you to ground you or to the ground. This is Jesus speaking. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. But here's the key. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You did not know the time of your visitation. Guys, we got to know the time of our visitation. What is it? This is it right now. What does it mean, a time of visitation? Well, first of all, you look it up. That word can also be interpreted as a time of inspection. The time of visitation is a time of inspection. This is not a day to come into a gathering like this and then go out and hang on to secret sin. This is a time to get rid of all sin. Do you know that Paul told Timothy, he said, let those that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Not everybody that names his name is going to enter the gates of heaven. In fact, a whole lot of people that call him Lord, Lord, but they did not do what he said. And on that day, they're going to be shocked. When they stand before him, he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And so we've got to yield, surrender, submit, lay it down. Listen, you don't have to be captive. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Nothing should captivate a child of God except the love of God and, the, and his presence and all that he is. Does that make sense to you? It's a day of inspection. You know the Bible says, judge yourselves lest you also be judged. It says, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. This is the time. God, I want to examine myself. Forget that decision I made. Okay, I'm thankful. Lord, today, am I your disciple? Am I walking as you defined, leaving everything, following you, loving you with my whole heart? Listen, this is the time to draw the line in the sand and say, I'm going to follow him, or I'm not going to follow him. One or the other. You cannot straddle the fence in this hour. The shaking that's coming, if you're on the fence, you're dead meat. I'm telling you, you won't be able to stand on that fence. You're going to fall one way or the other. This shaking is going to be so intense. God's going to make sure you fall on one side of the fence. Does that make sense? And so you don't want to be. You don't want to be lukewarm. It also means to be a sojourner or a pilgrim. The day of visitation is a pilgrim passing through. Let's go back to uh, that. Therefore, we must give earnest heed the things we've heard lest we drift away. No, I'm back in uh, Luke now, aren't we? Luke chapter 19. No, I guess we are back. Where are we? How about 1 Peter chapter 2? <laughs> Can that work? <laughs> it's okay to get, lose your place. I don't even know what my place, I'm just, I'm up here right now. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. All right, you guys, now this is where it really catches fire, and I'm going to end it up. You say, man, you don't know what you're doing. I don't. In this move of God, you're not going to know a lot of what you're doing. You just get up and do it. It's good. This is the best time in all of history. And it's good to mess up, so that means when you guys mess up, you don't mess up. You won't worry about it. First Peter chapter 2, look at this. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works observe, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. 
So there it is. That's the other place where the visitation is used in the scripture. Number one, it's an inspection. Number two, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey. You're passing through. You may not pass this way again. Some doors that close may never open again. We really already spoke of that. And so I'm saying grab hold of this moment when the Lord is near. When, 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 it's, when, it's, when you have a passion, press into that passion. That's a time to go deeper with the Lord. Don't hold back anything. You want to keep the fire burning in your heart. You're a sojourner through the land. And then also repent. Guard your conduct. Honorable. Remember, there's a war going on that wars against the flesh. And the goal is to live a life that's honorable to him. And then get ready. Now look at this. Get ready to be spoken against. Every move of God, somebody's going to speak against it. Especially those who enjoyed the last move of God. It's just the way it is. Author Wallace said in the day of his power, if we find a revival that is not spoken against, we better look again to ensure that it is real revival. Jesus said, blessed are those, you know, blessed are you when men revile you and say all manner of evil against you because great is your reward. And then it's going to be the, the, when God gets all the glory. I'm telling you, it's not about the glory of man anymore. This day of visitation is about the glory of God. Whether we either ever see his glory or not, it's that his glory would be that others would see it. Does that make sense? I don't care if I see stuff. I want other people to encounter him. I want them to see stuff. It's not about what I get. This is going to be different about this move of God. Many, many times people, it's all about what they can get, how good they feel, you know, all this stuff. I think we're going to feel good. I can't imagine an awakening where you feel rotten. Every day you wake up, boy, I feel rotten. Boy, there's a great awakening going on. Did you hear that? A thousand people got saved down in Hickory last night. I feel rotten. No, that's, that ain't going to happen. There's going to be joy. The kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, and joy. But it's not about if I feel good. It's about whether I'm faithful and fruitful. That's all that matters. Who was that guy, Kenneth Hagin? He said he went through a time in his life, in his ministry, he felt rotten most of the time. He just didn't feel the anointing. Just didn't feel, but he would preach and preach. He didn't feel the anointing. There'd be sometimes you may not feel the anointing. Who gives a rip? I'm trying, you know what I'm talking about. This is not about feelings. This is about being faithful and about being fruitful. And fulfilling the call of God that's on your life. Every one of you have a call. When you were born again, somehow in there he... He wrote out a program that fits exactly who you are. And it's still in there. And all you got to do is just draw close to him. How do I find God's will? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Or he may make you whatever. We'll all be fishers of men. But you follow him, he'll make you what you're supposed to be. That's a good plan. Like they said, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But we can't. This is a day of visitation. Is that what I'm trying to say? You got it? It's a day of inspection. It's a day you got to get sin out of your life. A day you're probably going to get talked about like you've never been talked about before. So just get ready for it. Just get ready. Don't just make up your mind. I don't care if they call me a whatever. 
I'm going to choose Jesus. I choose him. I choose him. Whatever, you chop my head off, man. We were reminded the other night of what happened in Oregon and how they, you know, the gunman broke, broke in and he shot, well, no, didn't he ask the first guy, are you a Christian? And he shot him. Now, you know, the next couple people in line, that was a challenge. The next one, are you, how, however, whatever he asked, are you a Christian, do you believe in Jesus, whatever it was, they said yes already, and bang. Then the next one, what about you? And then the ones that weren't a Christian, would they shoot them shoot in the leg or something? But those who said they were Christians, they'd shoot them in the head. How many of us at that moment? It happened in America on a campus, a high school campus, I guess. Or was it high school? Mid Community college, that's where it was. But Lord, I want to be ready. At that moment, if it happened, what if somebody broke in here? I'm telling you, I'm saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord. But you got to know, you got to make up your mind now. You'll never pass the test later. You got to make up your mind now. I don't know how those kids did that. The grace of God. How could there be so many Christians? That's what's really encouraging to me. How many Christians? Because who else would say yes if you're going to get your brains blown out? You know what I mean? you got to be a believer. If you're just some walk carnal Christian went and got drunk the night before, you're not going to be so stupid as say, yes, I know him. Get your brains blown out. You know what I'm talking about? That's encouraging. There were real believers at that community college. Real ones. Oh, God, I want to be a real one. How many of you want to be real? That's it. You're going to be. If you want to be. You get to sign up. So I want to pray for you. If there's anybody here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're watching by the web stream, you say, I don't know that I know him. If something happened to you today, you don't know that you would spend eternity in heaven. This is the day to repent, call on him. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. It's simple. You yield your life. You surrender to him. Some of you may have lost the fire. I'm telling you, you can get the fire back today. You don't have to leave this place lukewarm. You can have the fire of God. We want to pray for you around the altar. Others, you're needing a big miracle. We got news for you. We know a big God. He is a big God. I don't understand sometimes. We pray for lupus. We pray for these Crohn's diseases. And sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. And I'm impatient. I want to see it like that. You know, I, I'm telling you, that's coming. But until then, I'm believing God, period. I don't care. If a tumor doesn't fall off in front of me, I'm believing God, period. How many of you are like that? There's a determination in us. We're not going to back down from this. Even if they drop dead when we pray for them, we're just going to pray for the rest of the folks. We believe Jesus. We believe our God. Now, you're not going to, some of you say, I ain't going up there. I ain't. I'm not. I ain't, I'm this is, you ain't going to drop dead, man. But you might die to yourself. Lord, we thank you. God, thank you that you're a good God. Holy, awesome, mighty God. Lord, I pray no one would leave this room. Those that are watching, no one would be able to turn it off until they've surrendered to you as their Lord and Savior. Let this be the day of salvation, God. We pray for that. 
that they would call on you. And then, God, we pray that there would be fresh fire released in this place, fresh fire, and that people would go out of here as fire starters wherever they live in their neighborhoods and begin to light flames, flames of fire wherever they go, and that revival would begin to break out on the streets of our cities in the name of Jesus, in High Point, in Sparta, in Miller's Creek, oh God, in Taylorsville, all these villes, Lord, we pray, Lord, send the Holy Spirit, send the fire of God in the name of Jesus around our region, we pray. In Jesus' name. Hey, we're just going to, you guys stand, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have prophetic teams today. We have prophetic teams over there. If you want somebody to pray for you around the altar, maybe we could put something in. Or if JT's around, come play Joshua. Can you play some? And uh, we're going to pray for people. But we want to believe God for big miracles. You need a big miracle. We have a big God. You come. We're so glad to have you visiting with us from Lenore. Just pop in anytime. It's the kind of family we want to be. People can come and go and show up sometime. And, and yeah, you, it's not your typical thing. We don't want it to be typical. We just want people to enjoy the Lord here. Find the Lord. Encounter his presence. And um, if you need prayer, come. God bless you guys. Thank you, Lord.